two brothers from Kansas City, Missouri. We never created something together before. This was our chance. We're passionate activists and artists. Artivism is what we do. I'm Austin Groves. And I'm Amaris Groves. And we are ALG Cathartic Creatives. This is episode three on our podcast. We're going to be breaking down scene two, poetry two of our first audio production, Black Dialogue. Now, in this, we're going to give you guys some things to chew on, not only in the scene, but the poetry. So if you did not get a chance to listen to that yet, no worries. Here it is right now. Bro, did you see the video of that white lady and that black man at the park? Yeah, man. Karen was wilding. <laughs> Bro, I did not know Karen was trying to get that Oscar. <laughs> and I'm mad because she was really about to collect her trophy if it wasn't for that camera. Right. Her speech would have sounded like, <clears throat> I would like to first and foremost thank my parents for teaching me everything I know. <laughs> The officers for their continued support. Oh, no. And I would not be here without white Jesus. Without, without white, white Jesus. Jesus. White, white Jesus. White, white Jesus. Amy Cooper, I had to show the world that use a lie. That's right. I said it. Or should I say, I saw it. Christian Cooper, by the way, America, no relation was holding me as tight as the truth. See, you pushed Christian's button, so he had no choice but to push mine. Knowing a black witness and a white witness has never been equal, my audio picked up the change in your voice. It picked up how you want black men chained by your voice. My picture was clear, the volume was crisp, nobody was near, my job was simple, yet life-saving at the same time. I capture your unleashed dog along with your outraged voice. Christian gripped me tighter as he said, Excuse me, ma'am, but dogs in the ramble have to be on the leash at all times. He asked for your cooperation, yet you flipped him off with your privilege. You called on your bodyguards to serve and protect you. Luckily, I was near to capture the truth. Your puppy unleashed. You broke the law while he feared police. I knew he was right. I knew you were wrong. You started the fight. I wish I had video for Emmett Till. But the images I took at the time were only still. I wish I had capture Zimmerman, murder Trayvon. George wouldn't have all them lies to make up like Avon. So black boys and girls, listen. Don't leave the house unless I'm charged. Keep me ready when you need evidence to fight a false charge. Data saved. All right, that was scene two, poetry two. To give you a little bit of insight on the decisions made in scene two, as previously mentioned in our last episode, we talk on the phone often. That's how we communicate. So we wanted to keep that real and as authentic as possible. And also this time around, you notice that we interjected humor because we often find ourselves having to laugh through the pain. Now, is the problem funny? No, no, not at all. And you heard us refer to Karen, which is referring to white women who call out black men for no reason at all, right? So Austin, let's go ahead and break down poetry too, 
And what is the one takeaway you want everyone to grasp in the second section of Black Dialogue? I want everybody to grasp that there is a difference between laughing off racism and laughing through racism. I want that to be the theme. We just mentioned Karen calling the cops on black men and women inappropriately, evil intentions, not giving the benefit of the doubt, refusing to do that for people of color, black and brown. I want people to know that there's a difference between laughing off and laughing through. Humor is a huge portion and not only the scene, but also the poetry. And you're going to feel that today. And that's a part of the black experiences in my mind. Now, I would be an idiot. I would be arrogant to say that I represent every black person, especially in America. That is stupid. I reject that. We are such a diverse group within ourselves. I want to let you know, as a black man, humor is a way that keeps me lightheaded. It keeps me rejuvenated. It keeps me from going into so dark of places where I don't want to get up and fight. Humor can help so many times. There's so many times where I'm feeling so weighted down by the world. I'm feeling so heavy and I look and see a meme about racism and I'm just laughing and I'm feeling a little bit better because I feel like I have a little bit of power over it. Now, when people laugh it off, that's a totally different flow. And we know those people who laugh off racism. We know people who make fun of it and make fun of people who have to go through it. That's not the humor I'm talking about. There's a clear line. When you're laughing through it, it's usually people who are willing to walk through that racism with you. And usually it's black brothers and sisters. That's why when I look at Twitter, that's why when I look at Facebook, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I have my black brothers and sisters because I don't know how I would make it. We have the power, we have the creativity to even poke fun at certain things to where we have the position of power. We have the position of, hey, we're in control. And obviously we know that's not fully, we know there's a ceiling to that, but I want everyone listening to know there is a huge difference between laughing off racism and laughing through it. And hopefully if you don't know that line, you can learn that line today so that you're not being offensive to your black brothers and sisters but you're actually encouraging them through tough seasons of racism. Well, now that we got our main takeaway, let's dive into the poetry. Okay, so before we dive deep into the breakdown, it's important to understand the concept of this poem. The concept of this poem is that this poem is written and performed from a camera's perspective because a camera often finds itself in the middle of these caring situations or police brutality and offers usually you know, education or accountability and sometimes even justice. So we're going to run through poetry too, once again, but in chunks. So let's listen to the first chunk. Amy Cooper, I had to show the world that use a lie. That's right. I said it. Or should I say, I saw it. Christian Cooper, by the way, America, no relation, was holding me as tight as the truth. So starting out, use a lie <laughs> so that's just not only calling out amy cooper but it's also calling out other karens out there right just calling out for what it is it's a lie it was a show i mean amy cooper not only did she lie to the police but she acted out as if she was really being attacked and so we referenced to that in scene two when we talked about oh my goodness she could have got an oscar 
I mean, it was just terrible and gut-wrenching to hear something like that, right? That's right. I said it. Or should I say I saw it? So before you kind of know that it's a camera talking, we kind of hint along the way. And it's okay that you didn't understand that this was a camera's perspective until the very end. Maybe you didn't get it at all. It's okay. We wanted to do it in a way that was very subtle and just made you think along the way. Christian Cooper was holding me as tight as the truth. I mean, Christian Cooper, he didn't let go of that camera. He didn't stop it. He made sure that he filmed from basically the start of the confrontation to the very end. And it's safe to say that it definitely helped his case, you know, when it came to the police arriving, but even may have saved his life. Let's break down the next chunk. See, you pushed Christian's button, so he had no choice but to push mine. Knowing a black witness and a white witness has never been equal. My audio picked up the change in your voice. It picked up how you want black men chained by your voice. My picture was clear. The volume was crisp. Nobody was near. Okay, this next chunk hits me. I went to Western Kentucky University. I remember being on our mass media building essentially huge computer lab library ordeal. I don't know what other colleges call it, but we call it mass media. Late at night, middle of the night, I've seen white students fall asleep on couches. It's a it's an actual place where you can go 24-7 for the most part, as long as you have your student ID. And I had that. And so there's couches on the second floor. I've seen people sleep on that so many times, uh, specifically white students. I thought to myself, man, I need to get some shut eye. Let me let me fall asleep on this couch. Well, my couch gets kicked in. Boom, boom, boom. And I remember thinking in my head, oh, my gosh, I'm about to get in a fight with somebody because it was the middle of the night. It was aggressive. I remember clenching my fist and turning around and there's two white officers standing over me. And so I'm thinking that's a weird way to address somebody. But OK, hey, let me see ID. That's what they tell me. So I give them ID. And they say, well, you were smoking weed or they ask me, were you smoking weed tonight? And I'm li looking there like, what? They say, we have reports that you were smoking weed and making a disturbance in the bathroom downstairs. And I'm like, are y'all kidding me? So I la actually, la I remember laughing and being like, what is going on? And so they look at me. They don't, they stand over me to smell me. Well, don't smell like you have weed. Well, you need to go. I'm like, I'm a student. Why do I need to go? And so it's one of those moments where it was so embarrassing. I looked over, there was two white janitors laughing. I saw them downstairs laughing, snickering. And so when the cops went up to talk to them, to basically tell them they investigated me, I addressed them. Say, hey, do y'all know who called the cops with me? Their face got so red. They were not expecting that. They were like, oh, oh, somebody in the night shift. I said, oh, really? Okay. Well, tell somebody in the night shift. I don't know if they're stupid or racist, but I wasn't smoking weed. I wasn't making a disturbance. I was sleeping and minding my own business on that couch. That is public to students. Can you tell them for me? Yeah, yeah, we can tell them. And they walked off laughing. So this poetry is very personal to me. Video evidence is very personal to me. Because what those people could have took as a joke is dangerous to us. That could have been a dangerous interaction with me and those two white officers. No body cams, middle of the night. If I would have woke up on the wrong side of the bed, so to speak, what would have happened? So when we look at this next chunk, you know, see you push Christian's buttons. So he had no choice to push mine. Best believe if I had the opportunity to have my phone on me, I would have recorded and recorded the response of the janitors who were laughing and thought it was a joke. 
knowing a black witness and a white witness has never been equal. That's a part of white privilege. If there is a white man, a black man, and then the cop is called on the scene, who do you think they're going to trust? Who do they think is more, here's an ugly word, credible? White woman, black woman. Cop comes on the scene. Who do they think is more credible? Who's more trustworthy? You know the answer. You don't even have to lie. You know the answer. Nine times out of 10. And so that hits really hard. My audio picked up the change in your voice. It picked up how you want black men chained by your voice. The audio picked up something that has been happening for years. And it starts and it starts at the origin. Nothing is truly original, y'all. It comes from something else. Have y'all noticed that in the world? Read the book of Ecclesiastes. Nothing is new under the sun. Everything comes from something else. A white woman threatening a black man saying, I'm going to say that that has been happening for decades, for centuries, right? And so we have evidence of that on the plantations. And that's one of the things that people don't understand. A lot of our lives today is a reflection of the sins that happened on those plantations on American soil. So we can't ignore it. We have to push through it and fight it. My picture was clear. The volume was crisp. Nobody was near. He had to click the phone. He had to do the phone. It wasn't even an option. Christian had to. That's why I said you push my buttons. Had no choice but to push mine. That's what the phone says. So I think it's critical to know Christian knew. Hey, I know I'm a law-abiding citizen. I know that I'm doing the right thing. Why did he feel the need to have to record that if he was doing the right thing? Hmm. Interesting. Yes, that's good. Let's listen to the next one. My job was simple, yet life-saving at the same time. I captured your unleashed dog along with your outraged voice. Christian gripped me tighter as he said, Excuse me, ma'am, but dogs in the ramble have to be on the leash at all times. He asked for your cooperation, yet you flipped him off with your privilege. You called on your bodyguards to serve and protect you. Luckily, I was near to capture the truth. Okay, my job was simple, yet life-saving at the same time. That goes to show the importance of what a cell phone can do. And it's, it's bittersweet, right? Because it's like, oh my goodness, we have a tool, we have a weapon, right, that we can use. But it's sad because it's like, why do we need this? It's sad that we're relying on a cell phone for accountability, that we're relying on a cell phone for education or even sometimes justice. I capture your unleashed dog along with your outraged voice, and it continues to just talk about the demeanor that Amy Cooper had. I mean, again, it wasn't just panic. It was something that she made up because she was mad. She was pissed off that he asked her to make sure that her dog was on a leash. It didn't start with actual fear. It started with anger. You called on your bodyguards to serve and protect you. This is when it gets scary. I tell people all the time, racism has evolved. It's things like this, where she felt like she could use her privilege, Amy Cooper, to be able to control the situation, specifically to control Christian Cooper. She was hoping that she wouldn't even have to go through with it. She was hoping that he would back down and fear that 
with her just saying, I'm going to call the police, that he would stop. But Christian Cooper stayed calm and collective and just continued to record. Luckily, I was near to capture the truth. I mean, thank goodness. Thank goodness that he had evidence. Thank goodness that he was able to have something to show, you know, for this. Not just for us, but for those police officers that arrived that could have easily taken Amy Cooper's side. Well said, bro. Let's move to the next chunk. Your puppy unleashed. You broke the law while he feared police. I knew he was right. I knew you were wrong. You started the fight. I wish I had video for Emmett Till. But the images I took at the time were only still. I wish I had captured Zimmerman murder Trayvon. George wouldn't have all them lies to make up like Avon. Okay, your puppy unleashed. You broke the law while he feared police. So she was in the wrong. It was her puppy that was unleashed. Not her puppy's fault, her fault. She broke the law or the rule, whatever you want to call it, the ordinance. And I believe Christian feared the police. Now, why would I say that? Because he recorded it. He believed his testimony wasn't enough. Even if it's in his subconscious, there's something sad there. He believes my word wouldn't be enough. I need to record this right now. And when you do that, there is some element of fear that someone isn't going to believe you. So maybe not even fear of police harming him. He could have believed, feared that the police wouldn't believe him. That's sad too. We got to recognize that. I knew he was right. I knew you were wrong. You started the fight. The camera, I love doing this poem with my brother. Because the creativity as far as the camera getting to be able to speak inanimate objects, having that personification or having that ability to kind of put on flesh is so rich and it's not new. It's been in poetry for a long time. And so we loved being able to tap into that. I wish I had video for Emmett Till, but the images I took at the time were only still. That kills me because... The camera, we're almost thinking too, this camera has evolved. Amir's talking about racism evolving. Cameras, technology have revolved, but guess what? They've been witnessing the same crap. They've been witnessing the same crap over and over and over. So when that camera was younger, so to speak, it didn't have the ability to be in someone's pocket and you just pull it out and record it right there. This video camera, right, this this camera wishes that he was able to record the murderers and record how the story really went down with Emmett Till. We know that the white lady came out late years later and said, I lied. No justice. She said the story was fake. And she gets to say that. While this 14-year-old boy is brutalized. Barely want an open casket. It's disgusting. That's not justice. It's not justice, y'all. So the camera crying out, it just, mm, it hits me. I wish I had captured Zimmerman murder Trayvon. George wouldn't have all them lies to make up like Avon. Capture Zimmerman. Not because we're trying to trigger more black bodies. Some of us don't need to be watching these videos. And I'm praying, black brothers and sisters that are listening, you need to know there's some videos you don't need to watch. There's some audio you don't need to listen to because it's going to put you in a place 
that you don't need to be. You should never have to be. Now, my white brothers and sisters, you need to listen and watch everything. Everything. Because you got to feel it. You keep telling me, oh, there's no way I can understand. Well, here's one way. Ingest it. Ingest it until you're sick. Ingest it until you cry. Ingest it until you throw up. Ingest it. Quit pushing it off. Quit putting it to the back burner. Ingest it. You don't have an excuse. It better be medical. It better be the Holy Spirit of God telling you don't do it. Because if not, you need to be listening. You need to be watching. But to my black brothers and sisters, no. Some of us don't need to watch it. So it wasn't a, I wish I captured it because all black people need to see it. It's so white people can see it. Because like I said, there are certain videos where white people who used to say racism never existed or it stopped after the Civil Rights Act, they saw what happened to George Floyd and went, oh my gosh, how could, I, how could I have been so foolish? How could I believe that? When they see Ahmad and that an ex-cop can almost get away with this murder and lie to the mom, the police precinct lied to the mom, said that he was stealing. Took months to bring justice. What they couldn't do in months, the FBI was able to do in, what, two or three days. So George wouldn't have all them lies to make up like Avon. Obviously, he made up a whole bunch of lies, make up Avon beauty industry. So there's a little play on words, definitely a little hip hop feel there. But George lied his butt off. I know he did. That's the thing about black brothers and sisters who know we don't need the video. We don't need the video. You tell me the story. What went down? Tell me the story. What went down? Okay, how old was the person? What, what was going on? Give me the details and we can tell you exactly what happened. And Trayvon was murdered. He was hunted down. And Zimmerman should have stopped when he called in. They said, do not pursue. It should have been the end of the story. But he said, nah, they always get away. Man, come on, man. Come on. If you don't want to see it, you don't want to see it. But that's on your head. That's on you. Mm. Let's listen to the last chunk. So black boys and girls, listen. Don't leave the house unless I'm charged. Keep me ready when you need evidence to fight a false charge. Data saved. So black boys and girls, listen. It's just a plea to our brothers and sisters to do whatever you need to do to stay safe. And if that means recording, record. And obviously, not everyone is put in that situation to be able to do so. But if you can, do it. Why not? Give yourself that extra chance of maybe being safe or maybe finding justice at the end. You just never know, right? And so the last line, keep me ready when you need evidence to fight a false charge. You notice that we did a clip on the end of charge to kind of show that we're not always in control of the situation, that something can change immediately, that you may not be able to pull out your phone or your phone may not do anything at the end of the day. Hmm. Austin, you want to share with us your final thoughts? Man, just brief. My final thoughts on scene two, poetry two, is the humor component is huge to us. Don't laugh it off. Uh, laugh through it and I think 
the camera giving this poetry was everything to me. It it just broke my heart because, you know, imagination is powerful. What if the camera could imagine? You know, I feel like through our voice, that's why we made the phone black through a black voice because we wanted a black voice represented that has experienced this injustice on many occasions, whether it seems minor or major. And so that's just my takeaways overall. How about you, Amaris? What's your takeaway? Yes, I heard someone recently talk about a way to question someone's love for you. He asked someone that he loved, do you love me? And they responded, yeah, of course, I love you. And he said, well, do you know why I'm hurting? And they said, no, I I don't know why you're hurting, but please tell me, I want to know. And he stopped and he said, that's the issue. He says, you should know why I'm hurting. And to others, that may sound extreme, right? But going off of what you said, Austin, about how you challenge white people to watch these videos, it's important to watch it because you'll understand, you'll have understanding of the pain, the rage, the sadness, all of these things that we're going through and how it affects us. And then from there, it should be flocking to us with encouragement, with love, not us coming to you. And so I think that's just good to think about, to meditate on, and to sit with with something like this. Beautiful, bro. Beautiful. Thank you all so much for listening in. This is episode three of ALG Cathartic Creative Podcast. This is a breakdown of scene two, poetry two, in our first audio production black dialogue make sure you subscribe like comment just provide any feedback that's available on the forums that you're listening to this or consuming this on Uh, remember when you give us that feedback we know what you like but we also know what we need to improve on also keep your eyes open for a video to accompany poetry too we actually made a video that's available on our instagram alg underscore creatives Follow us, check out the video. Hopefully it can help with the creative process. And that's what this is all about, a creative way to cope, right? A creative way, a cathartic way to handle heavy, heavy content. Okay, so I want you guys to be able to do that as well as you can. Also, if you're wanting to have us come out and start some positive dialogue in your community. It could be in your workplace. It can be at an event. It can be maybe if your church community, please reach out to us. You can find us at algcatharticcreatives at gmail.com. Just send us an email, algcatharticcreatives at gmail.com. We'll get back to you as quickly as we can. Uh, We're excited to come out to different communities and start this positive dialogue that is much needed. So you know how to love your black brothers and sisters even better. And then also for the black brothers and sisters that we can actually have a cathartic and creative way to cope uh, with injustices and the tough things that are going on in our society. So this is episode three concluding. Much love, y'all. Peace. Much love. Peace.